SeatGeek. I think baseball games can be a great first date. I mean, like, why not, right? Who made up this rule? There's nothing more romantic than two people sharing their passion, especially if you have great seats. Because then you can make it to the kiss cam, and if you make it and he kisses you on the kiss cam, and then, you know, it's real. It's the real deal. Like ring stuff, wedding stuff. Get your seat tickets to sports, concerts, and live events. Seat Geek. Get your seat in a seat. Use promo code Bronx Machachos and save $20 off your first purchase. Did he go? Yes, he did. More Yankee history. As Garrett Cole now passes Ron Guidry for the most strikeouts in a single season in Yankee history. 249 passing number 49, Ron Guidry. Stacey Gatsoulias, host of Locked on Yankees, and you're listening to the Bronx Muchachos. Yo, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of the Bronx Muchachos podcast. Your host, Mark, for tonight, and tonight we got the entire family with us. We got Dave. What's going on, everybody? We got Danny. What's good, everybody? And, of course, we got the Sandman. What up? All right, guys, you guys know the deal, deal by now. Rate, subscribe, review, like, hit us up on all platforms. Spotify, Google, Amazon, um, iTunes. And, of course, right now we have a brand new one, which we just signed up for, which is Pandora. So go check it out. Check us out there. Um, For everyone who's watching, hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button on YouTube. Let us know what you're thinking. Hit us up in the chats. Uh, And last but certainly not least, you guys know by now we got our own site. Hit us up, www.bronxmuchachos.com. You know what we got, got we got going on over there. We got we got Seat Geek where you can where you use our promo code Bronx Muchachos save twenty bucks on your first order. You hit us up for for our merch store. Go to go to for our Amazon store, Fanatics memorabilia, and of course any and all articles that we've been publishing recently, and we'll be doing a lot more as the season progresses. And don't forget also our Patreon page. We're going to be start do- downloading a lot of our old content over there. So. We'll, you can have an opportunity of listening to what we have, and then we'll have some special stuff coming on in, in, during the new season. But let's get let's get right into it, fellas. We got some big things going on. Today is a fun day for everybody. Um, a signing I don't think a lot of us really thought about, but here it, here it is right now. Marcus Stroman, two years, AAV of $18.5 million. He's got an option for a third year. Boys, what do you think of it? Let me know. What do you think? Let's go, let's go to the picture. Sandman, tell me what you think of that deal. <laughs> uh, man, I, I, I really think it's a nice, safe, um, obviously, for the money. Uh, you know, he, he's a, you know, he obviously, Stroman at one time was an ace, right? Now he's just, he's like the napkin to the silverware. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, something's got to keep your, your shiny your shiny toys uh, protected. And uh, it's just, he's a, he's a nice piece to, to slide in. Because I'll be honest, I mean, something would happen to somebody in spring training. He could slide in and be your number two. But obviously, you don't want him as your number two. But if he's sitting in the four slot, he's better than a lot of four, number four starters in the big leagues, especially with the with the um, you know experience he's got. He knows the league. He knows, he knows the NL East. He's from New York. I mean, he's going to be – you know, I'm sure he's been proud to put on all the uniforms he's put on. But when he puts those pinstripes on, man, he's going to want to be – He's not going to want to. He's not going to look like a chump back in New York in his hometown. So I like it. I mean, I think it's a. They haven't landed their big fish, but they got. You know, they they put they put they put a fish in the pond, which is got a fish in the pond. Well, yeah, especially pitching wise. I mean, I mean, he. I mean, Stroman's been putting out pictures all day about um about in Yankee. You know, he photoshopped himself in Yankee uniform, put himself with as a as a young kid in Yankee stuff. So I mean, he seems excited. I think. Um. You know, he even wiped out all of it, all the old uh, 
social media posts that he he had out there trashing the Yankees along the way just because he he was butthurt along oh, back not getting traded to them or Yankees not even making any attempts to sign him. But overall, I like me personally. I like the deal because it, it's not a it's not a large deal, but it, it's also very short. So you're not you're not locked you're not locked in. Um, it doesn't it doesn't impede upon any all the youngsters the Yankees have coming up. So. It's not going to impede upon Chase Hampton, who's our best, who's our best best pitching uh, spec, because I can't get that out right now. It's not going to stop Clayton Beater. It's not going to stop Will Warren, and obviously we got a lot of guys further down the line. But those those are the main three guys. It's not going to stop them from getting into the bigs at any point. And uh, before the show, we were talking, we were talking as well. This could move. Uh, you know, if things go sideways, it's a movable contract still. So at eighteen at eighteen and a half over you know each year that's not bad that's not bad money and you you can move that quickly. So uh, let me throw it over to Danny. Danny, what are you, what's your thoughts on this tonight? Yeah, so I mean we spoke at length about Strowman and his pros and cons last week, um, and I, I'm for this. I, I anything to make this team better, I'm for right. So it, you know my number one guy. My list is Monty. It doesn't look like it's going to happen, but a guy like Strowman in the four or five spot is going to be so much better than other teams four or five. Um, in the AL East, if we, you know, if we're going to go look at the the, the Blue Jays, the, the the Orioles, the Rays, the the Red Sox, like this makes our rotation better, right? We're, we're better than other teams in our division right now. Um, and this also gives us an opportunity to, like, maybe Clark Schmidt goes into that for, like, into that swing role that Mike, that Mike King had. You know, maybe we, we add another starter like a Snell, put him in that two spot, have Strowman in the four or five spot. And it's like, wow, this rotation looks so much better with the proven entity at the back end. We, we saw what he did with the Mets. We saw what we, he did with Toronto. Uh, we saw his first half of what he did with the Cubs. And he was one of the Cy Young favorites at the beginning of last year. Like, by midseason, Marcus Stroman was in that conversation with Blake Snell as being one of the top pitchers in baseball. Obviously, he got hurt. Um, the hip and rib. Uh, uh, but he's got a bounce back from that. Um, hopefully he continues to, to show that he let's roll. Let's, let's roll. Oh, definitely, man. Definitely. Dave, what about you? I'm really excited about this. Um, I'm, I'm finally happy that we went and spent some money this off season rather than just, rather than just spend prospect capital. So, uh, Kudos to Brian Cashman and the Yankees front office for getting this one done. Uh, I said last week I could see them signing him for 18 and a half million a year. I was, I mean, uh, 18 million a year. I was only half a million dollars off. So that's not too bad. Um, I, you know, I've been a huge Marcus Stroman fan ever since he pitched for the Toronto Blue Jays. And I know he kind of threw some shade our way um, when he didn't get his way and get traded here. Cause let's be honest, the Toronto Blue Jays are not trading a stud at the time and Marcus Stroman to a division rival. That's just not going to happen. Like I was shocked a couple of years ago when the Orioles dealt Zach Britton to the Yankees. That was in itself a really big eye opener too. So I'm happy about it. You know, it puts the starting rotation in a good spot. So if you do get Blake Snell, it just makes this rotation so deep and it, it's, de- it'll definitely be built for October if they can bring in Snell and have Cole one Snell two. Uh, Rodon three, Strowman four, and then you have Clark Schmidt and Yester Cortez do get out in spring training for the fifth role. Um, we talked, I talked last week about the Yankees needing to bring back that big D energy, and that's where the that this is where it starts. This is where it starts to bring back that we're the Yankees, we're gonna come in and smash you in the mouth and win ball games. So let's go. I'm here for it, I'm all about it. Let's go, man. 2024 is gonna be a great year yeah i mean he's got yeah stroman's definitely got the edge to him i think they tried to do that last i think they tried to have that kind of edge a couple when they made that the donaldson deal i know uh our boy jeremy was setting something up here um 
So Jeremy put up there. The straw man took a pay cut to sign with us. He's going to bring an edge for sure. Just hope he doesn't. He isn't the pitching version of Josh Donaldson. And <laughs> it's you know it's the truth. And there, it could go all that could go sideways as well. But I do think that Strawman, uh, Str- Strawman, excuse me, Strowman, pitching in front of the home, pitching in front of his family, pitching in front of everyone he's grown up with, something that's a little. It's got. It's going to have more of an edge. He's going to have more more. Uh, Emotion doing it. I think he's. I think he knows what he, what's going on. He's telling everyone he's built for the bright light. So I think he can. I think he can. And the good thing about this deal, honestly, like we just said, it doesn't stop them from making more trades, more deals, more signings. So you know, possibly a Blake Snell's on the table. Possibly other trades are on the table for Dylan Cease or anybody else. But um, that's not the. This is not the only news today. A lot of our Yankees, a lot of Yankee arbitration numbers have come out today. So, um, we'll put this up there for everyone. So, first and foremost, Juan Soto, he is the highest arbitration number period at 31 million. Glaber Torres at four, at 14.2. Alex Verdugo is at 8.7. Clay Holmes got 6 million. Trent Grisham got 5.5. Nestor Cortez at just a hair under four million at three point nine five. Jose Trevino at two point seven three. Loiza got two got two and a half. Clark Schmidt got two point zero two five. And uh Victor Gonzalez got eight hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So with all that said, how are we feeling about the most important the most important two, I should say. Well, I mean, Soto Soto's number number one, I think, about, across the board. But I think Glaber getting that number is also is is now important also. But how is everyone feeling about those numbers there? Dave, I'll swing that over to you first. How does, how you feeling about let's really just talk about about uh Soto and talk about Glaber on that one. Well, how we all knew we all knew Soto was gonna get paid. It was just a matter of what it was gonna be. You know what I mean? I didn't see him getting under 30 million. Um, I thought they would have matched uh Shohei's one year arbitration of 30 million. They went a million dollars over. It's going to cost them a lot more than that per year uh, when they sign him in free agency. So that wasn't a surprise. You know, Glaber getting $14.5 million, I believe it was. Uh, can we throw that back up there just so I don't lose my spot? 14.2. 14.2. 14.2. Um, right around what I thought he was going to make. He got to, he got eight he got six million last year, so he gets a little bit of a bump there. Verdugo, it's about what I expected. Uh Clay Holmes, six million. That to me seemed a little high. Um just because he's a reliever. So I guess that's what the going rate is for relief, relief pitchers this year. Grisham, he gets a three million dollar raise from last year. Cortez, Trevino, Loisica, Schmidt. You know, I, I thought Schmidt, Schmidt was going to be at the higher end. I thought he was going to be at least three million. Uh, Victor Gonzalez, I thought would have at least cracked a million, but he didn't. So it seems pretty, pretty average, pretty normal stuff going on there. So not really anything earth shattering or surprising to me. Danny, what are you, what are you thinking? Glaber's gonna get more. I thought Glaber's gonna get more, fifteen or sixteen. Um, this is his final year of arbitration. Uh, when you look at him compared to other second basemen in baseball, he's at the top end, right? Um, offensively, uh, definitely not defensively, but offensively, you could argue Glaber, top five offensive second baseman in baseball. Uh, you probably go Simeon, Altuve. Um, well, Andres Jimenez had a terrible year, so I'll probably go Glaber in, in that number three spot in terms of offensively. Um, talented second baseman. I'm glad Soto avoided arbitration. Although the cynic in me wants to see him go into arbitration and have him have him hear all this negativity spoken about him, so he could go into his his last free agent year and just want to prove all the haters wrong. And I feel like Juan Soto is kind of one of those dudes that that loves diversity. He he. He's kind of a dog, so I, I like that about Juan Soto, and uh, I'm glad he got I'm glad he got paid and avoid arbitration because obviously no one wants to go to arbitration ultimately. Um, but 
glad we were able to get both of those guys squared away. And the rest of the the arbitration guys are are cool. Clay Holmes, six million dollars. I think that's a it's a fair deal for him. I believe this is his first or second year of arbitration. So, um, you know, good for him. Let's get this ring. What about you, Sandman? What do you What are your thoughts on this? Well, obviously, um, Soto was the the you know the the big name on the list. But the one thing, arbitration is very tricky, right? So obviously, you know, Yankees gave up, but they gave up to get him. And the one thing they don't want to do is piss him off, right? Because the one thing arbitration does it really, it it really pisses players off. You know, not that they would have had to go to arbitration because they could have obviously they would have had time to settle. But I think the Yankees are being very political and like making sure number one, he's the highest arbitration guy ever. So that means they care about him. Um, they didn't want to go to arbitration because when you go to arbitration, basically, you know, the players guy says how good he is and the team says how bad he's not, how bad he is. And not many arbitration cases, you know, when, when especially when it's big, big ballers, you know, it, it 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 puts a chip on somebody's shoulder. So the so the Yankees had to had to get something settled. They had to get something. Obviously, that made him happy. They made him the highest arbitration player in the history of baseball. So it was a win win. Um, you know, obviously, I think Glaber's a you know you know that's a nice that's a that's a nice little chunk of change for him, especially for with his talent. You know, I, I mean, even Nestor Cortez, I think was he at three point two five. You know, I mean, that's a good price for for a guy who can go out there and, and get get out for you. You know, so. You know that that the list uh, is, you know, even even Grisham, you know, with the number he's at, and, and you know, back in the day those were huge numbers, but now you look at the numbers these guys are getting, and it's like Clay Holmes six million. That's a bargain to me, you know. Looking at it, you know, I mean, what haters gonna get? Like, give me give me Clay Holmes at six million. I'll take my chances. So it's a good day. No. You're right. It's overall, overall, it's not bad at all. Um, before I give you my my thoughts, which same thing as everyone else, uh, Alex, who's having a little bit of a microphone difficulties, did find find a little provision in the Stroman contract for us that if Stroman hits 140 innings in 2025, he gains control of the third year option, which the total would be a three year, 55 million dollar deal for uh, for Stroman. So that then that and he found that via Joel Sherman. So give credit where credit's due there. So. Those, uh, Scott so that, was ten million off. Scott said sixty-five for three years last week. Yeah. So yeah, on Monday. Yeah, I, 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 I just didn't think he would take anything less than twenty-one because he he walked away from twenty-one, you know. But uh, but like I said, he's a nice nice depth mm-hmm. piece at that price. A really good depth piece. And, and if he throws, like you said, if he throws one hundred forty innings, and you give him a third year because obviously that means he's helping you. Yeah. Oh yeah, especially after the past couple of years, he's been injured. Um, but you know, I'm glad, I'm glad, for, you know, I'm glad that the, uh, I'm glad that this, the Soto deal got worked out because that's, like everyone said, it's the most important deal. I hope this then kind of opens up the floodgates so that they can actually have extension talks to kind of get that settled up. Um, Glaber getting 14.2. That's not bad at all. They still have to make a big decision on Glaber, uh, come, come the off season. So, and that's going to be, um, a little bit more of the of a tricky thing, and one of the other things I did that as of right now, the Yankee payroll is at three hundred six million dollars with all the with all these numbers that just came in. See Dave's oh face my right god! Now. Well, there goes our one hundred and eighty eight million dollar active budget out the window. <laughs> yep. So the ta- right now on their their three hundred six, their ta- their tax is between. 44 and 48 million dollars. That's the tax range that they're in that they gotta pay. Man, if they if this doesn't bring us a ring, dude, I, I don't know where you go from here, bro. <laughs> Joe, they've got to start doing the Dodgers role, which is which is which is gonna, you, wanna, you get everybody wanna, and then and just and just have everything on deferred money. That's what you're gonna do next. Ring off of this, we're gonna be the Mets 2.0 where they spent like 443 million. Last year. Uh, one thing before we move on, I just want to touch on Glaber Torres a little bit more. This is just something that came to mind over the last couple of minutes. I'm actually glad they didn't go to an arbitration hearing with him uh, because you know how it all went when stuff gets in his head. He cannot get out of his own way. Like when he tried playing shortstop and then they transitioned him back to second base, it really messed with his head. 
And I'm not calling him mentally soft by any stretch of the imagination. I am just glad that he doesn't have that in his head of all these nasty things they would have had to say about him at an arbitration hearing. I'm glad he just went in, got paid, moving on to spring training and let the season play out the way it is. And he doesn't have all these negative thoughts banging around in his head. Um, in a well, I'll, I'll say he's a, little, he's a little bit on the softer side because remember he, his name was getting thrown around um, as a trade, as, as a trade piece. And when, when that was, when his name got started getting thrown around, he just fell apart. He was yeah. not the player he, he had been. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you that it's good that he didn't go to arbitration, but he's as as a as the mentally strong kind of guy he should he portrays himself as he's he's not on that level, and it's it shows it shows a lot too. He cares. He cares a lot. He wants to perform well, and he's got a lot of pride. So I think that's where a lot of that comes from. There's nothing wrong with it. I just wish it no, didn't you, affect him the way it does. Right, but he also but he should know by now. It's also this is also a business that if your name's getting thrown around, you, people must also want you as, as much as the team that has you. Yeah. But, yeah, just, but all you got to do is just go out there and perform and just leave and just leave everything else the way it is. I mean, he was partially homegrown. So when you, when you come out through the minor league system playing for the New York Yankees, it carries a lot more weight than giving a damn over whether or not the Miami Marlins want you or yeah, but- insert team here. Want wanting you there? There's a stark difference. Yeah, but it all depends on the team. I mean, but that's a, that's a whole other kettle of fish right there. Okay. Well. <laughs> anyway, so tonight we're gonna we're, we're gonna start. I want. Go ahead, Danny. I was gonna see what Sandman thought about. I want to see what Sandman thought about trade deadline stuff because you've been in big league houses where where guys handle it one way and other guys and other guys handle it another way and you've been traded at the deadline like so what what what's the thought process going into that for for big league ball players well it's always tough because especially when your name starts getting thrown around in rumors you know because at the end of the day most of the time the team you're on you know you've been you've been with those guys since spring training sometimes you've been with them your whole career and um you know it, it's like you start hearing your name and then so now you have so many other things on your mind, right? It's not just show up to the ballpark, get my work in, you know, play the game. Cause you're like, it's going to happen today. Am I getting traded at all? Do they really want me here? Am I going for a bigger piece? Or am I going for a smaller piece? You know, are they trying to move me? Um, so it, it, it can, it can weigh, it can weigh hard on a lot of people. And obviously, you know, if you're not mentally tough or mentally strong, you prepare you, when you feel like you're going to get traded and then you don't get traded. It's always like a two to three week period. It feels like, you know, you kind of, not that you hear stuff from anybody on, in, in the locker room, you hear stuff via media, you know, because people start saying, Hey, what do you hear? Mike, you might be going to X, Y, Z club. And it just makes it everything a little bit harder. Some guys get pissed off and do better. Some guys crawl in the hole and feel sorry for themselves and, and, and back up and go backwards, you know? And, um, the worst part is if you hear that, and then next thing you, you know, you don't get traded, and now you got to try to re- reset your mind all the way back and get back to feeling comfortable in a team that just was thinking about getting rid of you, you know, over the past two three weeks, but the deal fell through. So, you know, that's why most of the time, I, I tell a lot of times, a lot of times when you read stuff out there, it's not really the the real deal, you know. So um, sometimes they, they teams leak things out there. They all, every team has somebody who they send stuff to the leak out there, you know, to maybe for other, other people to kind of get out there to, to to make their job easier, moving people. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not it's not easy to handle it. You have to be mentally mentally uh, mentally tough to, to to move past it and stay on top of your A game because your B game never really works in the big leagues. You know, there's only a couple of guys who can take their B game out there and still be dominant. You know, not many guys. There's only a handful. Garrett Cole, Roger Clemens, two guys yep. that come to mind for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not many. So, all right. So tonight we're going to have a little fun. We So for Christmas, my wife got me this nifty little book for Christmas. So we're going to put this little Yankees trivia book that my wife got me for Christmas to good use. So tonight we're going to do a giveaway. We got I got three baseball cards to give away. There's three separate trivia questions. So the first trivia prize is going to be this 
2020 Gleyber Torres Panini Optic uh, Refractor card. That's prize number one. Prize number two, same company, uh, Donruss Panini Optic Masahiro Tanaka. And the grand prize is going to be a 1984 style 2019 Derek Jeter All-Star Tops 35-year anniversary card. So the first question is, so the first question is, who hit the first home run at the first Yankee Stadium? Is it A, Babe Ruth, B, A-Rod, C, Lou Gehrig, or D, Joe Torre? That's the first trivia question. Get at us on Instagram, DM, Twitter, DM, or on the live chat during the episode. And um, if you're the winner, you uh, you get the Gleyber Torres card. So that is the first trivia question for tonight. When did paying for airfare become so unfair? At Southwest, we do things differently. So differently, we invented a word for it, transparency. Transparency means we don't dream up ways we can trick you into paying more. It means respect. Because we don't just fly you. We like you. Need points for that special vacation this year? Visit the Southwest Rapid Rewards link on our link tree and make a purchase of Southwest Rapid Rewards points today. Oh, sorry about that. I was getting everything moving there. Um, you know, we talked. We, we were talking about. We were talking about Snell. We talked about Strowman. I think one of the. Uh, well, one of the people. One of the things we did miss along the way um, was that we did sign. Uh, we did sign Luke Weaver to a one-year, two million dollar deal. It includes an option for 2025 and can max out in with everything at 8.25 million. So. It's a nice little piece, something something that Matt, Matt Blake uh, really he really wanted him to to be back here. So I think that it could be pretty pretty good. You know, it's not it's not a big it's not a big deal, but it's a deal that's kind of be, Cashman likes to play in the margins, and he likes to you know get get on the edges and start just kind of filling out that roster, getting the areas where he needs to get done, so it's a more complete roster. So. I think he's doing a good job of that. Um, so yeah, I, I, what do you got, Danny? What do you what do you think of? I mean, Luke Weaver. It's not a, it's not a huge deal, but I think it could be a long la- something long lasting where he's he's going to be filling in. He could fill in and kind of just help out wherever needed. He's kind of like a, a Swiss Army knife in a sense. Yeah. So. If we look at the trend of pitching staffs throughout baseball, right, we're not seeing a lot of guys throw 150 innings. You may be on the best staffs, you probably see two or three guys throwing 150 innings, right? Uh, on this staff, right, uh, we have uh, Cole, who's going to pitch about 200 when healthy. Rodon, right around the same, maybe 150, 180. And then Stroman and Nestor, like, if you get – 120 innings each out of them. Like I consider that a positive, um, maybe 20, 25 starts for, or 25 to 30 starts for each guy. But Luke Weaver just extends this pitching staff. He gives us a legitimate option when there is going to be injury. It's just a matter pitching is a, is a fickle, fickle beast. Right. And pitching staffs need to be eight to 10 guys deep. Now, Luke Weaver is probably going to be our seventh or eighth guy in, in that starting rotation, um, and he'll be getting his innings in AAA. He could come up being a swing guy. Like another guy that we haven't really spoken about too is Luis Heal. Um, he's been throwing. He's he's gearing up ready to, to to pitch this season. So that's another guy, and we saw the impact he made with us when he came up. And um, he, he's another guy that we could bunch up with Weaver, Luis Heal. Will Warren, Clayton Beater, Chase Hampton. That's five guys right there that can make not an impact, but can help this team win ball games 
um, in the dog days of the summer when there's injury, right? So I, I like Weaver. I like Strowman. I, I like Heal. So this is all a positive. I think pitching depth is is extremely important um, at the big league level, especially guys that could go multiple innings. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, it's, it's like I said, it's not bad. Dave, Dave, what are your thoughts? I, I can't, I can't complain about the Luke Weaver deal because it's, it's, I not, can. It's, well, it's, it, well, it doesn't move the, it doesn't move the needle, but it's something, but he's somebody that, yeah, like I said, a Swiss army knife. So that's why I think it's, I think it's good, but you tell me yeah, why you don't think um, it's that kind of a deal. You know who else is a, uh, a Swiss army knife guy? Uh, some guy we had on the podcast back in February, uh, for episode 70, this guy, Wandy Peralta, he's your army Swiss army knife. I've been saying it and I will say it until spring training is here and he's playing for another team. Hopefully not. Wandy Peralta is that guy. And it really pisses me off that we went and spent this money on a quad a pitcher. Really? You're giving Luke Weaver a max deal a deal that maxes out at eight and a half million a year. If you're going to do that, you can go give Wandy eight and a half million a year for three years or whatever it is. No, it's for not even a half. It's not even a half per year. It's eight and a half over over two. But over what two I'm years say- with total with, over its totality. Well, what I'm saying is, you can go give Wandy eight and a half million, and you got a veteran left-handed reliever that can pitch in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. Yeah, you but Luke Weaver can also start. Luke, Luke Weaver. Weaver can eat. A, Luke Weaver can eat up innings for you. He's he's an in, he's an innings eater kind of guy as well. I don't and like the it. fact that and, and the fact that Matt Blake over overrules you and turns around and gave him the seal of approval. I don't like it. I don't. I I, get, me, I, I understand what you're coming from. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just telling you. I'm just saying. Matt Blake turned around and, and overrules you on that. Yeah. Okay. You, fine. But when this kid sh- craps the bed, and they're DFAing him in May in the middle of uh, chasing a division or trying to maintain a division lead. I don't want to hear it. To me, it's wasted money. You could have spent that money elsewhere. Part of that money could have gone to Wandy. And I'm not saying it because Wandy's a friend of the show or, or I'm a huge fan of his. It, 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 the guy is a proven reliever and you're going and spending money on a right-handed wild card. But who That's says all they I'm saying. But who says they still can't spend money on Wandy? Who says they don't have, they don't have the reserves? I mean, we just, we just, we just, we just all I'm saying is I would have rather them have taken care of the proven thing, the thing that they already know first. Luke Weaver pitched here what for like what eight, six, eight weeks, whatever the hell it was last last year. I'm just saying they should have taken care of their 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 high priority players first that are free agents before they go and sign this guy. Luke Weaver probably wasn't gonna get signed tomorrow by you know, a, a contending team. You could have waited to sign him is what I'm saying. You didn't have to do this now. And that's the end of my rant. I don't know. I, like I said, I, there's, they're still going to get, they're still going to get, they're still going to make their attempts with Wandy to bring him back. But I don't, I don't see this, this money, this deal didn't, didn't stop, isn't stopping them from doing that. This is just turning around in case Wandy pivots and they, they have their conversation, Wandy pivots somewhere else. They have some. They they already have. They have a built-in backup plan already, and and it's dirt cheap. Two million dollars this year. It's he's already. They have a backup plan. You got you got to you have to have contingency plans along the way. You're not always going to say, "Oh, because you know we want to have Wandy back here." Then Wandy's going to be here. It's it doesn't happen that way, unfortunately. But you know, Sandman. You oh, Danny, you got something. Go first, then we'll swing it over to Sandman. The Yankees are not done. The Yankees are still on, still in on Snell. They offer him five for one, uh, five for one fifty. That's already been uh, reported. And the Yankees are in on Jordan Hicks. So there's still room in this budget. If they're gonna get those two dudes, we're looking at forty five million dollars more. You know, we're already at three hundred six. We're looking at three fifty plus. So if, if Wandy does get like a a three year deal over with, you know maybe five to eight million dollars a year like I think the Yankees will still be in on that um and that's not going to stop the Yankees from getting a guy like Wandy but if we're looking at the starting pitching mark if we're looking at the market and the way free agency is going who's been coming off the board Strowman Shoto Shoto Imanaga Her- uh, Harrison Bader um Bay- uh Hader is still in the market 
So the reliever market is still hasn't even been set yet. So how are we gonna go after a guy like Wandy when we don't know where that market is just yet? Well, Danny, let me ask you this though. Um, do you think like I'm not saying this is stopping them from signing Wandy? I would just like to have seen them take care of Wandy first before signing a guy like Luke, Luke Weaver. Do you agree or disagree with that? You know, analysis. I guess you could say. Yeah, I think we're just following the trend of who's up right now in terms of the market. So the starting pitchers are coming off the board now. And Luke Weaver is a starting pitcher. Yeah, he's a quad A guy. Yeah, he's a swing guy. But he's still considered a starting pitcher. Same thing with Stroman, Imanaga. So, I mean, obviously Imanaga had the, the 11th as a deadline. But that's where we are right now in free agency. So, and I think Hater sets the market for the start for relievers. We don't know where it is yet. Well, Clay just got six million. I mean, granted, it was arbitration, but that's that's arbitration. Yeah. So I don't know. That's my only thing. The market just takes who's gonna get what. And if the big fish is not off the board yet, why would you give Wandy? Eight million when everybody else is gonna get five million. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's just what it is. Scott, what do you think? Oh my mic. Yeah, yeah, I got the, you. <laughs> so so Luke Weaver is he's like a like a nice shiny Porsche, you know what I mean? Um Strasbourg's got some good play. You know, he um former first round pick, you know, two million dollars for me. He's kind of a insurance policy but obviously the Yankees probably see something in him uh, for, forgive me if I'm not exactly right but I think they did they just get him last September or was that you know what I mean I, I think it was I know he came in sometime late in the year I remember seeing him pitch a couple games towards the end of the year but I, I love the I love the ride on his fastball you know um and, and you know he's a guy that he has a lot of upside and for two million bucks I mean it's Sort of sad to say, but two million bucks is is nothing nowadays. Um, I just think he's he has upside. I mean, I know you guys have other people you probably want, but the one thing my GMs, it's just it's a, it's a big it's it's a big jigsaw puzzle, you know. And all they're trying to do right now, I mean, this guy's a depth depth piece, you know. He can be he can be in a bullpen, he can be a back end, he can be a fifth starter, he can be a swing guy. You can send him to AAA possibly, you know what I mean? Um, but He's a nice piece at that at that price. I mean, uh, like I said, I haven't seen him a ton, but the few times I did see him, I like his fastball. You know what I mean? It looks like to me he's got that nice that nice riding fastball, and everybody likes first-rounders, you know. They, they were first-rounders for, for a reason, and sometimes it just takes that one team to to, to, to make something click, and then, you know, you got your, a, a $2 million stud, and could be him. Just have to wait and see, you know. It could, and it could be a $2 million dud as well, but – it's not. It's not. It's not a very big risk when you start talking about salaries. So even if you do have to DFA, you know what I mean, designate for assignment. It is like, hey, at least we, at least we didn't just let him walk and then now he's going somewhere else and you know he signs with the Orioles and he's sticking up the the Yankees butts and you guys are like, damn, why did we resign it? You know what I mean? So it's it's tricky, but I, I like his stuff from what I've seen. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's not it's not bad. It doesn't move the needle. I understand where you're coming from, Dave, but at the same at the same token, I mean, it's kind of just it's where it is. I mean, and going going to what Danny was saying just before about where the market's at, the Strowman deal is what two years for thirty seven million, and Lucas Giolito got two years at thirty eight point five. So I mean, they're right. I mean, they're staying for the same. And and Strowman has had better has had better, had better numbers than Giolito did, so they're all right in the same area. So right now it's it's starting it's starting pitching. You know, Blake Snell will probably be the last of the starting pitchers to go because he he's in a market un, unto himself. And then we're gonna see what happens with the relief pit with with the relief market. But this doesn't preclude them from making deals. I still think that there's a few more trades that are gonna come come around the corner. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Yankees now are <clears throat> their 40 man roster is at 39. I think they're at 39 now, so they still got another person to kind of to bring in. So, you know, anything's possible right now. Don't mute me. I was unmuting you. 
<laughs> you were muted. I was trying to unmute you, my friend. I, sorry. I was like, what, what is this? I was trying to talk. All right. So we're going to go ahead with our second trivia question. We need the Jeopardy music. That was probably copyrighted, though. So, second trivia question is, how much did the Yankees purchase Joe DiMaggio for from the San Francisco Seals of the Pacific Coast League? Is the answer A, $1 million, B, $100,000, C, $50,000, or D, $10,000? Again, get at us on Twitter DM, Instagram DM, or live comments here on the show for the Masahiro Tanaka card which is prize number two tonight. So, again, how much did the Yankees purchase Joe DiMaggio for from the PCL? A million, a hundred thousand, fifty thousand, or ten thousand dollars. So, get at us if you know the answer. If not, we won't judge you. All right. So, that, so that's question number two. Um, I think one of the next things we're going to wind up doing, one, one next topics we can jump into is – Something we kind of we've been talking about the past couple of um, episodes that we talked about on on a hot soap before. Um, I think it's going to be it's I think it's an interesting topic because the Yankee, this team and the Yankees have had a lot of conversations. They know they know each other pretty well. Uh, they know their farm systems. They know the players really well. And this has to do with the Marlins. And the Marlins are have reportedly been putting up any a number of people especially in the pitching side, because they need hitting badly. And the two names that I keep hearing out there the most are Jesus Lazardo and um, Edward Cabrera. So I'm going to throw um, the spring and pitching wise. I'm going to throw it down to Sandman. Sandman, you give a, tell us, tell if you know these guys at, at, at any point, um, tell me what you think about each one and who would you, you know, even who would you rather have out of the two? <laughs> I'll be honest. To me, it's tricky. Um, I've, I've I've only seen my I've only seen both of them a handful of times. Uh, probably not really enough to to say like which one I I put my 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 you know something. Obviously, it's going to take some pretty good pretty good pieces you know to get to get one, either one of them. Um, you know, because at the bottom line, that I was like we talked about the other day. It seems like whenever the Rays. And the, and the Marlins are involved in some type of trade. You know, they um, they rarely ever miss on what they get back. And, um, you know, it, it, but it just kind of, I, I just, it always, it amuses me how these guys, they, the Marlins keep just pumping out these young kids who are just flat out nasty, you know, and you, you, every time you watch, you know, you, you look at their numbers, high whiff rates, you know, ground balls. Um, but I'll be honest. It, it, they're gonna. I don't think they can move both of them, but whichever one they move is gonna is gonna make somebody else better. Which one? Which one? All right. If you if you were if you're the GM of the team, which one? Which which of the two would you rather have? <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean, from what I remember about both of them, they kind of both remind me of. I mean, they kind of to me is they're they're about the same. You know. Um, uh, I I don't know I it, it's the one the other thing though is I, I, to me sometimes when some of these guys get moved from from Miami I don't know what it is about that that little small market I don't I don't want to call Miami a small market because it's a big city but it's a small market you know um, I don't know I, I know I know some teams go out and, and jump jump on these guys but it, to me it seems like none of them very 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 rarely ever end up being that ace, you know, to me, they always end up being a number two or three starter, but I'll be honest it, to me, you, to me, either one you get, if you can get them out for a decent price, you get, you, you're going to better your club, but I think they're going to want so much for, you know, they're going to, they're going to want, they're going to want one of your top probably two or three pros. They want, they want one of your top pitching prospects back to one of your top hitting prospects back. And, you know, you, you really have to be, to me, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pitching left on the market. So to jump on either one of them right now, I'd be surprised. I think neither neither will get moved until, you know, some of these other guys, you know, get get moved off the market. I got you. I got you, Danny. What about you? Who? Which which of the two are you you looking at? Uh, I love Hazen Cesardo. 
from the left side. I've been talking about this for quite some time. Power left-handed pitching and Yankees kind of go together like, you know, peanut butter and jelly. We could go down the line of great left-handed pitching in this franchise. And it, it's led to, um, it's, it's led to world series championships. So I think Lazardo on this team, um, makes us better. Uh, however, <laughs> there's a caveat, right? Um, Spencer Jones and Chase Hampton will probably have to be in that deal. And do I want to part with either one of those guys at this point in time with the, with the um, prospect capital that we spent already this year? Not particularly. Um, Edward Cabrera probably it had to be a, a, a big leaguer, but a big one big leaguer off your 40 man roster, which could be expectable like a Peraza potentially. Right. I know Dave, you don't, you don't want to hear that, but a, a Peraza plus, like maybe a Clayton Beater would, would get Edwin Cabrera, right? Um, but there's some downside with that, Dave. You've been talking about this for a while now. He had that same shoulder impingement that Montas had. And, you know, ground ball pitcher, yes. Yep. Young, yes. He's got great stuff. But um, at this point in time, I, I don't think the Yankees should be going down the prospect capital route. We should be spending the money and really stay in that free agency. Take it away, Dave. Your turn, brother. Yeah, um, I'm, I I agree to a certain extent. Um, I don't want to give up Spencer, jo- Spencer Jones either. Um, but also, if you sign Juan Soto long-term, where does he fit? You know, as you got Soto in left, Dominguez in center, the captain in right. Is Judge going to play the outfield every day going down the stretch of his career? No. Um, it It's tough. Um, you know, I don't want to give up any more prospects either, but I don't want us to go get another guy that has shoulder problems. Look what happened to the last guy that we traded for with a shoulder problem. He is now pinching for the Cincinnati Reds, making $16 million a year. I don't want to make the same mistake twice. I'm not saying Edward Cabrera is the same kind of pitcher as Frankie Montas. I am not saying that at all. Please do not crucify me. All I'm saying is I want to stay away from making the same mistake twice. Granted, they're not the same people, but it's the same injury, and I get injuries affect everybody differently. I understand that. But, you know, it's kind of, you know – a double-edged sword. I'd rather have Jesus Lazardo. His stuff is extremely nasty, and Yankee Stadium is built for left-handed pitchers. So that's the route I'd rather go. You know, Lazardo has been in the major leagues a little bit longer. Is he a little bit older? Yeah. Is he close at a free agency? Yeah. He'll probably cost you less um, because he doesn't have that much controllability. Um, but that's just it's where I'm at with control. it. Three years of control. All right, so it's going to cost yeah. you. How many does Cabrera have? More. Probably He's got yeah. more control. Okay, Probably so Cabrera's going to be, so yeah. gonna be the more expensive piece. I'd rather go the cheaper route. Um, I'm I'm going to cut you off there for a quick second, Dave, because sure. everything – and not in a bad way, but the everything I've been reading is that Cabrera is not going to cost as much as Lazaro. And Cabrera, Cabrera will probably cost you a Peraza and a catcher because Mar- the Marlins need those two positions – those two position the shortstop and catching really badly. So I could see Cabrera. I could see for Cabrera, you give up Peraza and you give up a Ben Rovert or even a Ben Rice at that point, you know, something along those lines that could get the deal done. Um, talking about injuries, I'm going to put up on the screen here and read it off to everybody. This is Jesus Lazardo's injury history. All right. He was drafted in 2016 and he had Tommy John surgery right off the bat. 2017, he returned in June. In 2018, he missed two point two and a half months with a rotator cuff strain. 2019, he missed a month and a half with a lat strain. 2020, which was the COVID year, he was quote unquote healthy. He only he pitched in 12 games and pitched for 59 innings. So that's under five innings per outing. Granted, nine of those outings were starting were, were starts. Three of those were from relief, but either way, his total innings were under five or were under five innings per per outing. 2021, 
was my favorite injury he's had. He missed a month from a broken pinky, which he played, which he broke playing video games. <laughs> playing video games. Sorry, coach. I can't play today. I'm out. I was out playing video games and busted my finger. Yes. <laughs> In 2022, he missed three and a half months with a forearm strain. And last year was his first full from playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> but last year was his first fully healthy year, and he jumped up 78 innings from the from his previous high, which was the which was 2022. So or hey, progress. So he, what we're talking about like 78 innings. I think the Marlins on him are selling high. They're asking a they're asking a boatload for him. They're asking they're gonna the ask is gonna be Spencer Jones automatically. And you're adding a couple other guys, three at least three other guys in there as well. Spencer Jones is being asked for in Dylan C- in a deal for Dylan Cease, for Jesus Lazardo. I think even if uh, they're talking about Shane Bieber, he's in. He's been asked for there. He's not being asked. He can't. They can't ask for 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 him in in an Edward Cabrera deal. I like Edward Cabrera. I think that he is he's a star in the making. I think Matt Blake could take him and mold him into the pit into a into take him into a middle like a topper higher end middle middle rotation guy. It's a definitely the number two, possibly like a one B or something like that. He's a ground ball pitcher, which is something you need at Yankee Stadium. He picked it, and he will. And I think Cabrera, one of the things he needs to learn is is pitch selection. And I think as he working with the working with the Yankees, working in the in the in the gas station, working with Matt Blake, he's going to learn and he's going to get certain pitches that are going to be out pitches for him. And I don't and and that's not and it's not going to cost you. A whole lot and i think in the end that is that's the for me that's the avenue i want to have because i can see him going i can see going cole in the beginning right now going cole going um rodan then you go cabrera stroman and then you fight out for the third spot or fourth, fifth spot excuse me afterwards <clears throat> cabrera can move up into that number two spot and you and everyone kind of falls into place afterwards i think cabrera is is somewhat is very underrated and i think that he is a moldable piece that you can take and then and you're going to go and he's going to be part of your team for a long time. Yeah, the one thing, like I said earlier, when I said they, they remind me each other, I mean, when I say that, I mean stuff-wise. I mean, both of them have nasty stuff. Um, obviously, if Lazardo's healthy, you know, he's a plug-and-play guy and can be, you know, uh, top-end type of, t- type of guy. I think is more of a have to you know i don't want to say i guess the best way to put it is he, he he's got he's not a finished product. He, yeah he's not a finished product he's got he's got some work to do and and i'm telling you right now new york is not the place to have that type of guy you know because every every game every game you go out is you know he's like you know you you can go out in miami and if you lose seven out of ten eh, who really cares right if you win seven out of ten eh, who really cares you know but in new york you lose three in a row. Guess what, man? It's all hell breaking loose, and it's it's tough to put a kid out there that you say like, God, he's got really good stuff. Let's run him out there for five, six, seven, eight, ten more starts and see if he figures it out. Can't do that. You can't do that in pinstripes, you know, unless unless you're already know you're eliminated from the playoffs and you got five weeks of the season. Like, okay, well, let's 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 put somebody out there and see if they figure it out because. You know, for next year, um, so it's just kind of tricky. You know, obviously, you get Lizardo, and he's obviously his track record is not great, but um, you know, you get him, and he's he's not healthy. Like I said, I, I just see too many other decent guys out there. But I'm sure the Marlins they got to move somebody. They, they got to get a bat, and you know, obviously the Yankees have they have bats. Well, well, Scott, you you myself, Danny, we spoke about it on Monday. Honestly, for Lazardo, I think the best spot is probably is Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore, Baltimore needs to make that deal, hand over fist. They got they got tons of bats. They have controllable bats. They can give the Marlins. I, I can't. You know, it's not an Orioles pod. Maybe one day we'll get have a guy from does the Orioles stuff come on here. We can talk about this. But right now, like, it just make it. You know, when when something makes too much sense that it that you don't understand why. The two the two pieces can't come together. Like that's what I feel like the Orioles and the Marlins are. Like it makes so much sense. The the Mar the Orioles have so, have tons of pieces that can the Marlins need, and Marlins have one of those pitchers that oh, that the Orioles need as well. 
someone who can who's who can throw hard. He could work with Grayson Rodriguez and then keep going from there. But yeah, the one other thing too is you know like I mean you know with Soto's just taking arbitration money today. You know if he did sign ten years, four hundred million, right? Whatever, twelve years, five hundred million, whatever he's going to get. You know if if they knew they had that in their pocket, then they could they can go out and get Lazardo. And, and give up, you know, give, give Spencer up type of thing. But until they until they know they got Soto in left field, they're gonna hold on to they're gonna hold on to Spencer as long as they you know, I mean as long as they can because you know he he he's, might be the next coming. But obviously, if if they do sign Soto, like Dave said earlier, you mean that guy has, I mean, there's there's no real estate in, in the outfield in, in in Yankee in Yankee Stadium for many years to come. Oh yeah. And, and go ahead and talking about and talking about um, uh, Spencer Jones for a quick second. One of the things that I I have read in the past is that he is probably the top in like they so there's there was a metric that was done on on athleticism about outfielders, and Spencer Jones as a prospect has been ranked in like the top one percent of out of athletic outfielders. This is coming from a guy who missed two seasons, two out of the three seasons at. Vanderbilt because of, he was a two-way player and blew out his elbow. The final year he did, he, the Yankees drafted him just based solely on his junior season. Came in and he's been lights out. This past last year so far he was had an up and down season, but that's good. For, that's good for him because he can kind of build upon his failures. This offseason, I keep hearing that he's been working with Aaron Judge's inning coach, and it's paying off in more in, 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 in like hand over fist. Like this, this could be the big breakout year for him. Danny, you were going to jump on that. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I think we're really the same stuff. But he was at a 47 percent ground ball rate, and I, when you're six seven, wiry, strong guy like that, yeah, he he could run like the wind, right? But you want to put the ball in the air. You want to get some backspin uh, on that baseball. You want to see those line drives sail out of the ballpark, and that's what Spencer Jones can do. I saw a lot of them at Vandy. And I'm just really happy he's a Yankee. But I saw some other things as well. Defensively and center, Spencer Jones could be special. Mm-hmm. Center field, he's going to be making the diving plays. He's going to go gap to gap because he's got the speed and the athleticism to cover a lot of ground, especially in Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. I think Spencer Jones um, is a center fielder for the future. And you can see. Uh, Dominguez go to left. You, you, you may see Dominguez go to the corners, right field, whatever case may be. As Judge gets older, as if we do sign Soto long term, like those are going to be our four guys in the outfield. And Stanton might not have a place here anymore, but that's for a future conversation. I'm going to focus on Spencer Jones and how special of a talent he is. Um, and, you know, if he could come and if he can cut that ground ball rate by 10%, and turn the, that line drive rate into like 20, 30%. You're looking at a, a, a 30 double, you know, 35 homer, 30 stolen base type of guy at the big league level. And he steals, he steals tons of bases down in minor leagues right now, too. I mean, he, and for a six, seven, the guy who's six, seven, that's kind of, that's not really heard of. Like, we're, I'm all, listen, I'm all in this, the Spencer Jones love fest right now. And I don't want to give him up for, like a Dylan Cease for two years. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to give him up for Lazardo, who you can't trust to come to pitch for you. You give me a proven stud. Then, um, then we'll, we can have that like a max, like a, a, a strider. You give me, you, you want, you want, you want to get strider. You Spencer Jones, is the first name that I'll be okay with something like that outside of like that, that stratosphere. No, no. Cause, and, and to your point before Sandman, like as a backup plan for him that you need to get him into playing, he can play first base, and you, that's just to make sure he's in the lineup. He the bats there, the gloves mm-hmm. there, and then figure out as the outfield kind of creates creates more opportunities. Like he can be he can be in that part. So, I would, as long I, as would you, I would give him up for Cease if I if I knew I could sign Cease to a deal. Just you know, my, my opinion. You know, obviously you don't want to trade him for a two year Cease, but if you can get Cease and then add, you know. Get get it for you two controllables, but when you when you when you you know they they do that right they'll say like hey 
if we can if we can if we can make a deal, it happens in in, in NBA uh, probably more than in, in baseball. But if they can get him, you know, but know before they 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 get cease that they're going to sign him for an, an, another five years. So you know, say say instead of two, you got him for seven years control. You got sometimes you have to do that those type of things because you know I'm not saying you can't you can't develop a Dylan cease, but not many of those come up through the minors. Yeah. I completely agree. I'm with you on that. So, all right. So, we got a third and final trivia question. Uh, no one's gotten the second one right. So, our good friend Jeremy Laraquente, you are the winner of the Glaber Torres Panini optic card. Uh, Jeremy was the one who got it right. It was Babe Ruth who hit the first home run at the first Yankee Stadium. So congratulations, to Jeremy. Get that out to you. And then uh, Scott Zoe Notter checking in about the Marcus Stroman deal. Notter, Notter feels great about it. It was a great move for the Chiefs. Still have room to improve. Miss you guys. Hope you both are doing well. Two of our buddies from up in Connecticut. Yep, they're in the podcast game as well, so. Those guys checked in. Appreciate that. All right, so here we go. Third and final question. All right, so third and final question, and this is for the Derek Jeter 1984 Topps remake all-star card for the 35th year anniversary for Topps. This came out in 2019. So third trivia question is a fill-in-the-blank. Yankees owner George Steinbrenner was quoted as saying, owning the Yankees is like owning – what so that's your third trivia question again it is yankees order owner george steinbrenner was quoted as saying owning the yankees is like owning blank what is the equivalent to owning the new york yankees so hit us up twitter dm instagram dm live chat during the episode for those that are listening tomorrow morning friday when this comes out on the audio platforms that you're in and on this one too. So we're not restricting it to just people watching live, but also our listeners as well. So get at us. That's a good last question. I know. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, man, that book that Marie got me for Christmas came in handy. That's right. So just we're going to be doing more of this. Just, just, you guys just waiting on snow. That's what you're waiting on next though. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that came out tonight. Yep. So, but I guess we can't have everything all at once. We got to wait. That's right. Can't get Snell and uh, Strowman on the same night. So, if nobody has anything else, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Again, don't forget our friends over at Boca Pinkball. They have a great event going on coming up. In February, February 17th, in the Boca Del Rey area, they have a softball tournament that's hosted by Boca Pinkball and Tanyan Sturts. It's February 17th um, at the South County Regional Softball Fields. If you're interested in registering a team to play, I believe they still have spots available, email Eustace at Eustace2000 at gmail.com. Get you squared away there. Also, more information about this on their website, www.poca.com. Pinkball, bocapinkball.com and get you squared away there. Also, we have our own pink line to help support uh, Boca Pinkball in their freight against breast cancer. Any of these items up here, part of the proceeds will go towards their organization as a fundraiser on our end to help them in this fight against this disease that has affected me personally and everybody else on this panel knows someone that's fought this battle as well. So, Give us a hand, help us help them. And then, of course, you know, we got little Anaya. Her her fight continues at the Boston Children's Hospital ICU. She needs a kidney transplant. Family is looking for eligible donors, O-type blood, in good health. All the medical procedures are 100% covered. The information is in the show notes about how to reach out to them to get more information and get tested. And, of course, you can contact her mom, 
Alexia Ariaza personally at 401-688-6549. Again, 401-688-6549 to get more information from the family directly. So that's what we try to do here. Try to give back to the, our community as much as we can. So thank you for everybody for watching. For those of you that are going to listen to this tomorrow, thank you for listening as well. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and of course, YouTube. And make sure you hit that like and subscribe so you get all, all of our fresh content. And just one more thing, Paul and I just put out our newest episode of Unbox the Baseball Card Show this afternoon on our YouTube channel. So check that out if you're into collecting baseball cards. Got a lot of cool stuff, except, you know, I'm not going to. So if you want to see what I unboxed at the end, it was a 2023 Topps Black Chrome four-card set. If you want to see what I got in that box, go ahead and check out that episode that we aired on uh, today, uh, Thursday at noon. So it's going to do it for us. For Mark, Danny, and the Sandman, and Alex, running the show from behind the scenes tonight. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Peace.